turned out to be a punk rocker. You know what I do? Warning. This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions and strong language. Welcome to Records and Bands. Welcome to Records and Bands. I'm Rob Jones. Joining me tonight to go through the 10 questions of Doom is my best friend in the whole wide world, my most favourite person there ever is, was, and ever has been. It's bass player extraordinaire, Leon Bateman. How are you, mate? You are right? I'm all right, mate. That's a, quite a, a resounding opening for me there. Very nice. Thank you very much. It's uh, reciprocated, I've got to say. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a flash, I love you. Moment, I, isn't I know, it? it's Han, Han it's Solo, Han, isn't it? Han, I love you, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, I, I know most people know that who listen to the show know this, but we go way, way back. And mm. like at some point, I'm going to get you to go through the 10 questions of Doom with me. But there's one question in here where we talk about who's been the biggest influence on your record collection. And to, for the massive spoiler, the biggest influence on my record collection is you. Because if me and you don't become friends i don't hear half the music that sets me off down the road i i I don't think without you introducing me to that music and without your friendship way back when i'm not here where i am now yeah so it's all your bloody fault all my fault yeah (laughs) so thank you very much my answer later for question four um is basically the same sort of thing um we've all got people who influence us and uh yeah you won't be so too surprised at who my influences are yeah you're no stranger to the show, so I think we'll just crack straight into the 10 questions of Doom. So, Leon, what are your top three albums of all time, or your top three bands or artists of all time, or if you're hmm. feeling really brave and you've got time, both? I can do both. Go on, so I've, I've written both down. Top three albums of all time. I've gone on the record as saying that Seventh Son of a Seventh Son by Iron Maiden is my favourite um, because it was the one that got me into them. And I'll be eternally grateful to Seventh Son of a Seventh Son and indeed Simon Jones, who loaned it to me, um, for that setting me on my path of becoming a bass player, really. So, yeah, Seventh Son, top favourite album. I've then got to go um, Showbiz by Muse because I heard Sunburn on a Metal Hammer Kerrang bonus CD and just thought I've not heard anything like this in my life before this is incredible Uh, so Showbiz was that album that got me started on them Um, I could easily do the Layman one and go for the go for Permission to Land by the Darkness but I don't I don't think that's my favourite album by them and I've gone on the record before saying Pinewood Smile is my favourite of theirs. So that's my third favourite album. And it comes as no surprise that my top three bands are... Well, just quickly on those albums. Yep. I know, like, that Muse record, that's, like, probably the only Muse record I owned, but that's the surprise in that list for me. Honest? Yeah. I know you like Muse. I didn't. I wouldn't have thought you would put it in your... In your top three, like so. The the thing is, being such, and I'm sure you've got the problem uh, that I've got is that being such a massive fan of one particular band, any list could be filled up with that band. Mm. 
I mean, when you come into th- top three bands, Maiden will always be top. So I could easily go Killers, my f- my favourite album of all time. Number of the Beast, my next favourite. Power Slave, my next favourite. And you then know? tomorrow they'll be in a different order or it'll be three different Maiden albums. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Live After Death is still one of my favourites, even though it's a live album. Still rates very highly. But We're going to do a deep go... dive episode on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much to go into on Live After Death. Um, mm. But yeah, with, with Muse being such a, a, another major player on how I sculpt my bass lines and play my bass, listening to their early stuff really made me think I could play the bass differently to just doing root notes and flourishes. It, it That was major for me. So Seventh Son, Showbiz, Pinewood Smile, top three albums. Um, with my top three bands mirroring that, being Maiden, The Darkness and Muse. Excellent. It's that simple. Straightforward and easy. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Long-term listeners to the show might well know the answer to the next question. Uh, what was the first record you bought with your own money or specifically asked someone else to buy for you? Okay. So have we spoken about this before? <laughs> Possibly. I think you might have done. There was a little clue in the quiz, wasn't there? Yeah. See, now, let's... I've, I've never actually owned that album. Never. Right, okay. No, that's fine. Then that lets you off the hook. Yeah, I asked for it, but Mum wouldn't buy it for me because one of six kids, kids needed shoes, kids needed food. You know, nine ninety nine for an album from our price wasn't doing. I think so... the book just had good taste, and there's no way she'd find you, Bobby fucking Brown. <laughs> Which brings you on the question four. <laughs> anyway. The first album I actually asked for and got was a limited edition pop-up CD sleeve version of Dangerous by Michael Jackson. That was the first one I ever asked for. And I've still got it. I've still got the CD. I've still got the pop-up sleeve. It's 118 out of something like 500. Mum bought it me from Woolworths. It was 18.99 which is double the price of a CD. So still got it, still love it. And it's locked in a box somewhere where I'll never forget it. Um, So yeah. Uh, And then my first album I ever bought with my own money was Dookie by Green Day. Oh, brilliant. And then that was promptly followed by, I had some money. A packet of C90 to do tape for me. It possibly was. Um, But also... I had X amount of money for a birthday, so I bought that, 1,039 Smooth Out Slappy Hours, and Kaplunk. So the entire first three albums of Green Day. Yeah, and I would have had them not long after you. Exactly. Because you done a take for me. So <laughs> thank you very much. Um, what was the last record that you bought or streamed or downloaded? Now it's up to you whether it's something you just had on yesterday or something special that you treated yourself to. You tell me. Okay. Um I've got two different ones here. One that I last streamed because I don't necessarily consume music in one medium. I do it in two different ways. Um, I'm very much a collector of what I believe needs to be invested in. So the last album I actually bought was War Within Me by Blaze Bailey. Uh, And the last album I streamed was 
Resident Alien by Space Hog. Excellent. Which was yesterday. Right. Question three. Would you like to tell me about the first gig you went to? Do I have to? Yes. Oh, yeah, it is. It's 10 questions, isn't it? Oh, um... Okay, here we go. Bangers on me street cred. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The first band I ever saw live was Catatonia. Excellent. At Hereford Leisure Centre. And never seen a band. Well, I say I've never seen a band before. I've seen lots of bands before because I grew up around um, people like Trevor Davis and um, uh, we used to have a bloke called the guitar man, I think his name was Les. And these all these guys used to play in local bands and everything. And I just remember seeing their band in a field on the back of a lorry and a few other bits and bobs. So I'd seen music, I'd seen bands, but never seen a big act. So when I went to see Catatonia, it was like, oh, this is a really big act, really big in the charts. These guys are going to be amazing. And unfortunately, um, Hereford Leisure Centre is not the best place on the planet to listen to music. And I stood there with my arms folded for the entire two-hour gig, thinking, what the fuck is this pile of shit? (laughs) Um, I'm sure they were very good, but I just wasn't wasn't feeling it at all. I saw the Mannix in Hereford Leisure Centre, and it's, yeah, it's fucking Leisure Centre, and it's not really a place for bands. When was that, that you saw Catatonia then? It would have been 97, 98. Right. So it would have been... I was wondering if, like, how close to your first gig that Maiden gig was for that we went to. We'd have seen Maiden not long after that, right? So it was around similar sort of time. Maybe. Yeah. So I think we could probably say that Catatonia was ninety seven, and Maiden would have been ninety ninety eight. Yeah, because I think did I drive us down to Maiden? No, your dad did. Dad did, did he? And that's yeah, I can remember, but it would have been around that sort of time when you know just getting cards. And um, mm. what's the last gig you went to? Um, the last gig I went to and actually stood and watched somebody playing music was Rock the Barn in Madley, of oh, which right, okay. front, runner, front runner were the uh, uh, penultimate band on the Friday night. And we saw the final act who were a um, sort of regional cover act called Fired Up. Um, and they did some fantastic music, um, not least of which was... Um, Land of Confusion by Genesis that I thought was just oh, amazing. As soon as they kicked off, it's like, oh, man, how many covers band do this? Not many, you know? So that was the last real band, real gig I actually sat and watched. Um, as a musician myself, I don't get out to see bands. But the first like major act, the last major act I went to see was um, the Legacy of the Beast or Iron Maiden at the Gentian Arena. Cool. Um, you haven't got tickets for this tour coming up? No, no, because um, I kind of there's, there's an awful lot going on, home life and what have you. Um, yeah. Gig life is difficult. We're very, very busy um, throughout summer. More so, I would love to go and see them, but a lot of the set list is what I already saw back in 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the Legacy of the Beast tour. Yeah, you kind of want to see them on it. Like COVID probably put pay to it. They would have had a bigger tour for Senjutsu, I suppose, otherwise. Mm. But you, that's, you yeah. want to see one of the first few UK dates of the next tour, I suppose. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of waiting for, I think. If if it happens, that is, because I 
there's a lot of talk about retirement yeah. and stuff. So I might not get there, but I we'll think wait and we, see. We've mentioned before, maybe they end up doing like three or four big shows a year for the next 10 years yeah. rather than the constant touring. But. And I, I think that's what Steve has said in a recent interview is exactly that. We'd just do like major events. So, Okay, so who has been the biggest influence on your record collection? Uh, my mum, because she wouldn't buy me that fucking Bobby Brains album. <laughs> 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 um, but joking aside, mum sort of got me into um, people like Status Quo and Queen. Mum showed me like the other side of the coin, which was country acts like Slim Whitman, Jim Reeves, um, John Denver. You know, then you're coming into sort of other stuff like Neil Diamond, and she wasn't a massive fan of like people like Frank Sinatra, but she was a a fan of that style of music. So, Mum had a major role in what I kind of listened to, and Mum would sing to me as a kid. Um, songs that were prevalent at the time, so you you would sort of naturally prick your ears up to things that Mum was singing, and then my dad got me into people like Queen as well. Um, also, Dad's a massive Jimi Hendrix fan, so I heard bits and bobs of Jimi Hendrix. Uh, so that was a real eye opener. And then my eldest brother, Darren was a big rock fan, so he had White Snake on the radio, Status Quo, Queen, big acts at the time. He even had, I remember now, looking back, he did have Number of the Beast on vinyl. But I didn't know what I was looking at back then, but now I've seen the cover for myself at a later time. You've, you realise, oh yeah, he had that one, didn't he? I remember that. So, yeah, as always, I think it's your, your close family who become the major influences on what you listen to. But I do remember mum saying, um, do you know what, Leon, as I've grown older, I don't really like a lot of the music I used to like. She said, and, but, but there again, there are stuff that I've listened to that I really do like, but I don't think I'll ever like Iron Maiden. (laughs) (coughs) Thanks mum. That's, 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 yeah. (laughs) Oh, God God rest her soul. Yeah. Yeah, So, I just thought that was very final. I don't think I'll ever like it. I just like the one memory I have from you being at yours is like press play on the tape. Turn it down. <laughs> like it's like the, like it's always like she's reacting to the click or the steps across to the tape player rather than the actual music. She knows yep. what's coming. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's exactly so. right. Um what was the ones uh, was it Creep by Radiohead? And it was playing, and she came upstairs to sort of collect glasses or whatever it was she was doing. And she came up, and I'm a creep. And she says, hmm, you sound like a bit of a creep, and just walked out of the room. <laughs> I think we were in the back room, mate, because you've got the because that was on the Donkey Kong Country CD. You had, uh... you had a, so you had a CD that came with Donkey Kong Country on the snares. That's right. Yeah, 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 and that was on there, as and so was Digsy's Diner by Oasis. That's right, yeah. So yeah. we would have been playing Donkey Kong Country with ah, the CD playing. Got you. And I think there might have been a guitar in there as well. Mm. And yeah, she came yeah. in and uh, yeah, she wasn't keen, was she? <laughs> uh, what was um, Green Day did a version of 
my generation. My generation. And yeah. mum saying, oh, I've heard this, she says. I didn't like the original and walked back out. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Steph. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so good. Uh, yeah. Um, right. The next question is quite difficult because it's like, have you ever been in a band? Tell me all about your band. We know you're in a band. A variation of the same band for 20-odd years. Yeah. So what I'm going to... I don't know how you've taken the question, but I'm going to ask the question of, is that if you weren't playing in a dancing band, a covers band, what kind of band would you like to play in? Okay. Um, now, this is probably going to go way out on a limb because it's probably something that you're not expecting. But I've always thought that I could play... In, in any type of band, I've auditioned for classic rock bands before when Front Runner were taking off, so business as usual were taking a break. Um, I auditioned for punk bands, I auditioned for thrash bands, I auditioned for whoever I could audition for who was going at the time. Funk bands, soul bands, whatever I could get my hands on, but ultimately fell in with business as usual and Front Runner. So I kind of feel like to say that I want I would want to play in any one of those bands would be a bit of a it just kind of be doing the same thing as I kind of always have done anyway mm-hmm. so for me what I would actually really love to do um, if I wasn't taking up all my time with work and band front runner mm-hmm. would be to join a core group oh lovely because I've always loved singing even though I'm not amazing at it um, I've always loved singing and I would just love to be in a a situation where my ear for harmony could be put to a bit more use. I did a bit of harmony singing or after I gave up the martial arts because I needed something to fill the gap that we had. Um, and I was doing choral singing in a small group choir and really enjoyed that kind of, no, no, you're singing this part. You're not allowed to go straight scream up to a falsetto and come back down and do the, you know, drop third or whatever it was. Mm. Being that sort of rigidity was a real step out of my vocal comfort zone. And I, I would love to do that to the scale that I play in front runner, maybe two or three times a week, just to really push my vocals. I'd really love to, I'd write, it'd be something on my list. I'm going to send you a link to university acapella does Ben Folds. Okay. And it's basically all these different acapella groups from around America doing acapella versions of Ben Folds songs. And just the, the, and it's like, there's no instruments on there at all. It's just all vocals. Oh, so, wow. You know, all the bum, 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 yeah, bum, yeah. you know, and all of that. And, and Ben Folds is on some of them and he helps arrange some of the others and that. But it's like, just as, like, I know, I know you're not a huge fan of Ben Folds, but just as a piece it's it's the mm. same songs but done in a different way and it's exactly as you were saying it's that all these different voices coming together and it, mm. it is a wonderful piece of work like so yeah yeah on uh somewhere amongst all of that american choral performances there's um and i was i remember this because um it was written on their website somebody who did that kind of choral american group singing thing did a cover of uh, Who's That Chicken Over There from Moron Police. All right. Um, and Moron Police said, you know, we've had many sort of accolades 
best newcomer to the prog scene, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He said, but literally top of amongst all of these is having our song covered by this particular choral group in America. Mm. And uh, I thought, out of all the songs you can cover, who's that chicken over there? <laughs> it's not <laughs> one I pick. <laughs> We'll move on to so far. I've recorded quite a few of these now, but this always seems to be one of the more fav- one of the favourite questions. Um, it's a one day festival just for you. You get to book six bands. Who do you want to watch? Oh no! Can I have like any era of artists, or does yeah. it have to be current? No, anyone oh, cool. you like. Brilliant. Okay, I want early Maiden. Right, like um. Pre Bruce Dickinson Maiden. Mm-hmm. I want Chaz and Dave. Right, okay, that's a swing, but carry on, yeah. Because I saw them at Nebworth and they were amazing. Brilliant. I want the darkness. Yeah. I want Ghost. I want mid eighties Queen. Mid eighties Queen, right? Yeah, yeah. So I want like mid- um, kind of magic era. Yeah, that's okay. where I kind of happened into Queen. I want mid-80s Queen, definitely. Do you remember um, we used to watch Highlander a lot? Oh, it's still my favourite film, Highlander yeah, 1 and Highlander 2. Classics. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> a TV series was good as well. Yeah. Yeah, it Highlander was good. Highlander 2 was a horrible film. Oh, get away. And my final pick for my festival, um, personal festival, is um, 70s, 80s, ELO. ELO, yeah, oh, brilliant. Jeff Lynn. Yeah, I'd love to see them when they had the light orchestra rather yeah. than what they've got now, which is, yeah, it's not really the same. I'd love to see the tour with a spaceship and oh, that would have been amazing. So anyway, that's that's my pick of six. And yeah, as you say, really? eclectic, real swing. How easy was to it Jazz to get down to those six then? I did one cross out. All right, who did you cross out and replace with? Uh, cross that green day, right? I'm putting Chaz and Dave. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> right, which band or artist makes you dance around the kitchen like a bit of a dickhead? There's only one, and it's the darkness. Right, if, they're if just you, infectious, aren't they? Oh, if you can't attempt to a sing falsetto vocals on a bottle of wine whilst trying to play a guitar in a small council house kitchen. You haven't lived. It's amazing. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, which band or artist that the whole world think are amazing and you're just like, what's that all about? Oasis. Yeah. And, and Metallica. And Metallica. I just, I just, Oasis, I just literally don't get it. Metallica, I can see they're great musicians, but I can't really see why they're so massive. I don't get it. So I, 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 right. I, I don't know what it is about them. Yes, they've written some great songs. There's stuff that I really love, like One and is it For Whom the Bell For Whom the Bell Tolls. Yeah. Yeah. Is that that matches on. Yeah. So and that's and recently the resurgent of Master of Puppets has made me sort of listen to that a bit because it, I'm a big fan of Stranger Things, so I thought I'd give that a go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, nothing major. Nothing. They they just don't ignite me like Maiden did. 
Um, I never really got into them at all. Um, but when I saw them in Milton Keynes, I thought they were like live. I thought they were amazing. Mm. Like again, Perhaps that's twenty years ago now, nearly twenty-five years ago now. So. Mm. Perhaps they're a band you have to kind of see live. Perhaps the studio recordings don't capture. I did watch their set on Glastonbury a couple of years ago, and it mm. looked amazing. Like, yeah. There's not many of those like Glastonbury sets that come through the telly and grab you, is there? There's like the Radiohead one in 97, Beyonce, mm. and that Metallica one probably. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, th- I think if we go to my love affair with Maiden, I think if you look at, I kind of happened upon Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, and I think my next album would have been Live After Death, hmm. which was then followed by the video of Live After Death, which then put me onto Power Slave. Hmm. So I kind of hit them at that point where I heard the album, then heard them live. Yeah, ish. If you see what I mean. So, um, I think that's probably and there wasn't why. Like I just... a live version of Anjuts's through, yeah. was there? No, ex- yeah. Well, I don't know. Was there or not? <laughs> I don't. No, I don't think there somewhere. was. Uh, but but may, maybe if you had heard Anjuts's for all, which I think was released a similar year to Simpson and Simpson, and then yeah. seen Metallica or heard Metallica live, you may have gone down that road instead. Who knows? Hmm. Which is interesting because people like Caius, I heard live first, mm. um, which kind of put me on to listening to them. Muse was different. I heard their mm-hmm. Sunburn was the first song, but that was very different because it was sonically way different to anything else that was out at the time. Mm. So listening to that, and I don't actually, I, I've only ever seen Muse live on TV once and didn't sit through the whole show because I was right. a little bit disappointed on how Matt Benham's voice sounded a bit live. It depends how it's mixed, isn't it? If it's mixed for the telly or if it's mixed for the for the crowd, you know. So. Yeah, um, yeah. The flip side of this question is the band or artist that you're into that no one else you know likes. And you can't say Iron Maiden because they I know there's millions of people like Maiden, so I can't say them. Yeah, um, right. Space Hog, who I re- really, really like. I think their three albums are hidden gems. People need to listen to them more. And The Moron Police, because I just don't think The Moron Police have been given enough praise for the things they've achieved and, and the music they produce. Um, and I don't know anybody else Who's who would go? Oh yeah, Moron Police. I've heard of them. They're quite good. Nobody's ever said that. <laughs> Nobody I know. Well, I'll be honest. Uh, that boat on the sea record is one of the highlights of doing this podcast. I think it's brilliant. Honest. Oh, yeah, really good to know. Things, like one of the whole points of doing the podcast was to listen to more music and maybe find some new to me music, and that's mm. that's definitely one of the highlights. Yeah, right. Good. You may have touched on this earlier on but you can time travel to any musical era or scene. Where would you like to go? London, 1978. Okay. That literally, to see that... The Clash. (laughs) 
<laughs> to see Maiden in their formative stages, uh, I just cannot imagine what that's like. I've been at Maiden gigs where there's 50,000 people and it's amazing. But to be a Maiden gig where you're full of maybe 150, 200 people rammed in this tiniest little venue, listening to five guys absolutely smash out a type of music that's never been heard. I just can't imagine what that's like. I cannot imagine. Sam said something similar and a similar time. He said he'd like to go back to London to some tiny little club and see like Ian Drury and the Blockheads coming through. And okay. it's like, you know, playing in the in these pubs to like 12 blokes and their nan. Or mm. you, do you know what I mean? And just to yep. see him like working it all out and how how it's all going to work and how it's all going to come together. Yeah. And actually see them being a bit shit. Yeah, yeah. Rather than like this honed and polished thing you get much later on, certainly with Maiden. But yeah, mm. to see them raw and with that sort of punky energy to them with them yeah. being that hungry for it. I think, yeah, yeah, I think I might come with you to be honest. Yeah. I just, and it, th- there's an awful lot going on in that era in 1978. Mm. You know, you've got praying mantis, you've got Judas priest still on the circuit doing stuff. You've, you know, Samson and seeing all these crossovers of people playing in different bands. It's just, it's such a melting pot. And I, London has always been that way. You know, when you've got like your Rolling Stones and all that, all sat in like bars and stuff drinking. And you've got Eric Clapton sat at a table whilst Jimi Hendrix is on stage suffering from stage fright because Eric Clapton's in the, yeah, in, yeah, in the yeah, yeah. It, it, and, and the who not wanting <clears throat> to go on after Jimmy and all oh, that it sort just, of stuff. Like, yeah. It would just be an insane place to be at that time. Insane. Right. We've come to the end of our time in the questions of doom. You get to add one song to the playlist of the, for the, to the playlist for the ages. What would you like to leave us with? Oh, this was potentially the hardest question I had to answer because I could easily stick some maiden in. I could easily stick some ELO. It's so difficult to narrow it down to one track. But if there's one thing that I want to give to the space rocket that goes up to another planet to show them what the the Earth is all about, I I just want to show them that this, this world has got a lot to give and a lot of messages to try and get across. And... There's one song on one album, and that's The Undersea by Moron Police. I just think it is such a beautifully written song. The melodies are incredibly uplifting, but as we touched on in our synopsis of the album, the whole album is actually really quite damning in its message. Mm. And I think, isn't it um, like Planet of the Apes where for all of our want to progress and become better, it all ends in shit anyway. You know, and I think that's kind There's of There's what... an allegory for you. Yeah. 
and the moron police kind of put that in you know norway such a peace-loving country yet you know stable mates with the states who the biggest military power and it's a huge contradiction and it takes people who are prepared to question themselves to basically shout that out loud or put it in writing or whatever so i think that's a really good message to send to another planet who just see us as these people who can't stop fighting amongst ourselves when actually there are a lot of people saying look do you know what i don't agree with what these wankers are doing i actually just want to live a peaceful life and sing songs that i really enjoy or write music that i really enjoy or write books or sit in a park and look at the sky i don't want to launch missiles at people i don't want yeah. to stand on the front line with a gun i think that's a brilliant message to send to anybody it's a great song it's a great track good choice mm. there's so many easier picks you did gone with as well so well done thank you for thinking about it like that that's really good really good yeah so great leon thank you very much indeed so that's the show this week leon thank you very much for doing the q a i'll put a link in the show notes to the playlist to the socials if you, people can spare a couple of quid each month on the patreon that'd be really cool i'm hoping to put it to some good use and if you head over to the patreon page you'll see what that is there might be a bit on the socials in the next few days so head, head over and get clued in i think it's a cool idea anyway uh links in the show notes uh to everything thank you very much for tuning in tell your friends about the show give us a like give us a review give us a subscribe i was rob that was leon thank you very much young man and that was records and bands <laughs>